0: Well, we weren't anticipating the uh, taping business, and we had hoped that we'd be able to sit side by side, but we're doing the best we can. Uh, You know, plans don't always come out like you want them to, and uh, because I'm a planner, we decided we were going to do it together, and we're doing a question and answer of each other, and uh, we're asking each other questions back and forth, so that's our format. And what I'd like to say particularly is take what you need and leave the rest. And we're delighted to be here. Thank you. Um, hi, my name is Joanne, and I'm a compulsive overeater. Hi. And I'm an sponsor. I first came to OA in 1983, uh, through the grace of God, have maintained my abstinence since that time. Uh, I found the program through a friend in another 12-step program. And because I was unhappy and eating, uh, she suggested I go to OA. Um, since that time I've uh, been in OA. I switched over to OA How and I switched back to regular or to OA. And uh, I've never been without a sponsor. I I believe in in living what I am talking about here. And I've continued to work the steps and use the tools. Um, concerning my weight I've lost I lost uh, 60 pounds and maintained about 40 of that. I'm happy uh, to be here to share my experience, strength, and hope and um, we welcome you all.
1: My name is Ann. I am a compulsive overeater and um, I am so grateful for this program. I came into it when my daughter was in first grade and now she's teaching her own first grade and That's been a long time, and I'm not going to say it's all been perfect, but I kept coming back, and I think that's the key to success in this program. Um, Joanne and I have have worked together since uh, the spring of 94, and we've been through quite a bit together, and I'm so grateful for the wonderful sponsors that I have had through the years, and with the help of my higher power, I'm so grateful, and wonderful sponsors. I'm maintaining a 50-pound weight loss. I fluctuate five pounds now, not 50, and that is progress, not perfection. <laughs> Joe, what do you think sponsorship is?
0: Uh, well, for me, uh, it highlights the slogan, you are not alone. Uh, that, that's just kind of the capsule, uh, it capitalizes it for me. It's a mutual and confidential sharing. Um, you can find someone uh, who you can trust and who will support you uh, through this journey. Um, it will be somebody that can help you find your abstinence and keep it. Um, you can discuss your personal problems. Uh, during your fourth and fifth step, uh, there will be a non-judgmental listener. And you can share your experience, strength, and hope. Um, and what's important to you about having a sponsor?
1: The first awareness for me was that, I don't know about you, but for me, quote, dieting was a lonely business, and I never got it right, and I always started on Monday, and it was over with immediately. And um, I, was, I had that isolation, and I carried it with food, and I carried it into my life. Um, when I got here with sponsorship, I had a guide. And I was one, it was wonderful. And I had the 12 steps, which is the beginning of sanity for me. Um, I was learning how to make choices for myself in a healthy way. Joe, so how does this apply to the newcomers in the program? So
0: that's my question to you. Oh, yes. Okay. Sorry about that. The I'm the not one good was at this. is more sensitive to newcomers than I am. And so that's actually her question. I want to ask you how you think this. Uh, Uh, applies to newcomers uh, in the program?
1: Well, OA Today, page 107 has a really nice thing. They clearly talk to the newcomer. It says I follow the simple instructions of the 12-step program and I keep my eyes and ears open for a sponsor whose primary concern will be to help me find what works for me. And so as a newcomer, that's the first order. You find a sponsor. Um, Then you start learning tools that will help you. I learn tools Reading, writing, I learned to make phone calls, I learned how to um, share that writing, which was hard. Um, I learned that meetings were always safe places for me. I never saw or did compulsive overeat in a meeting. I learned the power of my binge foods. Although I certainly tried to get a handle on my weight, this was the first ex- success that I had. Um, Joe, what about the sponsorship of people who have been in the program for over five years? What are indicators of good sponsee-sponsor relationships?
0: Uh, I would say after five years, you find out if your sponsor is somebody you can trust and who will listen to you without judging. Um, And a sponsor finds out if this is a sponsee that will keep their commitment. Uh, Like calling on time. I'm very time-oriented, and um, that's an important thing for me. Um, In other words, that mutual respect has been established uh, between the sponsor and sponsee. But to me, the real question is, once you sort of pass that uh, um, experience uh, level, is growth still going on? Is the sponsor that you have uh, still working for you? Um, And when new issues arise, you know, are are you guys able to um, work together and growth's happening? Does a sponsee have confidence that a sponsor is watching for things like self-pity, resentment, negative thinking, or are they hearing an unwillingness to talk about topics? So, in other words, is the sponsor still doing their job. Um, in other words, uh, as I said, it's not the job of the sponsor to give advice, to make decisions for another person. The sponsor needs to work on their own issues. They don't need to. They, they just uh, don't need to be making decisions for their sponsee. Uh, and the best thing that a sponsor can do is share their experience, strength, and hope. Uh, Is there any incident in your mind, Ann, that stands out that clarifies the sponsor-sponsee relationship?
1: Well, Joe and I both had the same job. We were both teachers in the school district and the powers that be called a strike. Joe was on one side of the line and I was on the other side. So one of us had the T-shirt that read, I held the fort, and the other one said, I held the line. So... (laughs) What happened was, mine. <laughs> but so we continued the relationship right through it. Um, I there was plenty to talk about that wasn't about the strike, but just getting along with people there in the situation, no matter where we were. Um, the thing that was the best for me about that strike experience that it was my aha experience with non-judgmental acceptance. Wow, that blew me away. I mean, if you can get through that, you can get through anything. Joe, what's your incident that helps you to clarify the sponsee-sponsor relationship?
0: Uh, well, particularly having to do with the two-way street of sponsor-sponsor-sponsee relationship. Uh, Ann and I have been working together for about 10 years, um, and and my mother... Who, is a, who was a lifelong compulsive overeater, and the last 10 years of her life was addicted to prescription drugs. She became quite ill after these 10 years that we had been working together, uh, and I spent a lot of time consulting my own sponsor uh, about boundaries, having to do with family uh, uh, relationships, uh, and, and I was sponsoring Anne at the time. Uh, but she, but what I found was that she was a kind and caring person who listened to some of the issues that faced our family, and um, she was very helpful. Her calm and gentle, you probably already picked that up, her calm and gentle way was very helpful for, to me at that time. And she also at that time introduced me to restorative yoga, which was a perfect time during that upset of our family, uh, to find that kind of uh, direction. My mother died in 2004, and just a little later, her mother became ill and died about a year and a half ago. I believe I was able to be more sensitive uh, to what might be helpful to her during that time. And uh, our mutual losing of our mothers further cemented the bond uh, between us um, of a two-way street of sponsorship. She helped me stay absent and I hope I helped her uh, also stay abstinent. Um, Anne, what are the qualities you look for in a sponsor?
1: Well, we've all heard that a sponsor is someone who has what you want. So, of course, I, I want to see what they're doing. Um, fortunately, a sponsor also has to be able to share what you want, and so that's, you know, you want to have, find someone who will do that. I would look to see if they're working with their own sponsor. I think it's real important. And are they actively working the 12 steps in their lives? Are they using the tools of the program? How they practice and define their own accidents? And I'm interested not in what the food plan is, but that they have a committed food plan that they're working with. OA Today has a real nice uh, reading on that. It's page 317. It says, for today, there's only one hard and fast rule in sponsoring. is to let those I sponsor know that in, that in OA they have freedom of choice in what they will eat, how much they will weigh, and how they will work the program. Uh, I would want someone who would help me make healthy choices in those areas. Uh, Joe, what about you? What are the qualities that are important, especially in regard to working with persons who have been in the program for over
0: five years? And, and, and you'll, at this convention, you're going to find those people. Uh, for me, at least, uh, that that the sponsor continues to be a good listener, that you don't feel like she's on autopilot, uh, and that she's patient. My own, one of my longstanding sponsors was patient with me in a time where I wasn't patient with myself. And um, that uh, helps the 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 recovery to keep moving forward um, that works on issues of self-respect that that the sponsor shares, their experience, strength, and hope. And I think this one's tricky, uh, not to give advice uh, unless directly asked, because sometimes the sponsor will directly ask, what do you think I should do? And my viewpoint on that is that you might give advice by asking a question or several questions about whatever it is that they're trying to figure out. Uh, don't expect the C to work the program exactly like you did. Um, as to me, the key on that is if both are working as hard as they possibly can to the best of their ability, then, you know, you shouldn't say, well, I do this, and therefore, I want you to do that. And we, through the years, uh, we've established that. Um, It encourages the sponsee to use the tools of literature, writing, and sharing. Uh, Remind the sponsee, and I think this is another really important one, that the power greater than oneself can restore one to sanity that it's not another person, you know, that that's where you get sanity. And what are the pitfalls? We, I think we ought to talk a little bit about the pitfalls that happen between sponsor and sponsee.
1: I'll talk closer to the mic. Sorry, oh, I touched it. So you were asking me the question the, about the pitfalls. Other pitfalls. 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 than Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Okay, pitfalls. Well, she just mentioned the higher power and I think that it's really important not to make your sponsor into your higher power because um, if you do that, your sponsor is a normal person and things are going to happen and is it going to affect your program? And you just have to um, do the best you can and get along well, but there will come a time maybe when you're sponsoring and things are going to change. I mean, maybe you want to move on, but don't just disappear. I, that's in my life. I, that was one of my character faults that I worked on was disappearing. And um, it's real important to tidy up the relationship. Say thank you for the time you've given me and um, say and move on. But you know, it's nice to do it and respecting all that they've done for you. So um, the last thing I want to say about that and the pitfalls is that OA teaches us about boundaries and self-care, and by tidying up that relationship when you leave, it is self-care. Joe, um, what about pitfalls for you?
0: Uh, I would say that uh, not remembering that God's in charge. I think that can really, you know, cause some problems uh, between sponsor and sponsee, and trying to save another person. Either way, <laughs> I mean, either way. The sponsee can't save the sponsor and the sponsor can't save the sponsee. Uh, that you're not a therapist. I, I recently had a lady that I was online sponsoring and she was trying to turn me into a therapist. And so, that well, that wasn't gonna happen. Uh, trying to solve another person's problems, especially if they quit calling quit going to meetings, or in other words, quit uh, working the steps and using the tool. A sponsee must be willing. I mean, that's just all, you know, they've got to be willing to work the program. You can't work that for them. Um, Forgetting that people have to make their own way and and make their own mistakes. I certainly have learned the hard way. You know, I may have gotten some good direction from my sponsor, but many times I've had to learn the hard way. Uh, and that remembering to leave the consequences to God. Um, one of the things Anne drew my attention to, again, the two-way street. I was not that familiar with Voices of Recovery. There's over 32 um, citations on sponsorship in Voices of Recovery, and I haven't read all 32 of them. I won't claim I did, but I did read some. And uh, then after you've gotten some input about whether it's working or not and uh, reading the literature and uh, talking it over uh, then you may decide you want to move on get a new sponsor okay well we're we're doing pretty good <laughs> okay, my turn uh-huh uh, Joe.
1: <laughs> Um, going back to the theme that sponsoring is a two-way street, what
0: benefits do we get from
1: sponsoring?
0: Well, I think you've basically heard them. Uh, it nourishes both uh, sides, um, and you see how others find their way and how they work things out. Uh, I see how she solves and works her program, and I see she sees how I work mine. And no wonder that service is the tool that works. Um, so um, yes. Okay, so she's right. Sponsorship is
1: definitely a two-way street. There's a great reading to close with on the OA 12 and 12 on page 98. It says, sponsors, OA friends, meetings, and literature are wonderful sources of help for us. We wouldn't want to be without any of these resources because we often find that God speaks to us through them. So it's it's a gift, that that old acronym for God, good, orderly direction. Well, sometimes you get that from your sponsor, and we learn to take care of ourselves, and hopefully then we pass it on to model for someone else. Thank you for watching us struggle with the microphone.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Ann and Joanne, for sharing your strength and hope. And now I'm going to introduce Dave and his Steve. And they've been in program for quite a while. And they're going to also share their experience, strength, and hope.
2: There we go. I'm Steve. I'm also a reader. Um, just to uh, qualify, I've uh, been in program since uh, 1990, uh, the end of 1998, um, so coming up on nine years with about eight and a half years of imperfect, uh, perfectly imperfect abstinence, I guess, so to speak, um, and uh, God willing, I think it's actually next week, I was sitting here thinking, next week will actually be the eight and a half years. I don't know when you've stopped counting that half year of abstinence, but uh, um, I'll continue it for at least a little bit. Um, and uh, so, welcome to sponsoring is a two-way street, or as uh, I can sometimes refer to it, the blind leading the blind. Um, how many? How many? Just to kind of get an idea, how many of you folks um, are are sponsor, sponsor other people? Wow. Good. Okay. Great. Fantastic. And how many? How many um, people need, are looking for a sponsor at this current time? Anybody? A couple? A few people? Okay. Good. Good. All right. Um, Okay, well let me give you uh just a little bit of uh of history on um, on our experience, how Dave and I met and then I think he's going to um, share some of the other other aspects of uh sponsoring. Um, he has a lot more of experience in it than I do, so I will qualify that. Um, how uh how Dave and I met. I had a, a sponsor when I first came to the program um, and uh I live up in North County. There was uh, really only one or two men that were going to the meetings and I wanted to get a man sponsor, so I asked a fellow to sponsor me and it worked out for a while and he kind of just left program just disappeared and so I was on my own for a while I had a lot of uh, good uh, OA friends but they really were friends and there's a difference I think uh, as you as you probably know uh, between being friends with someone and, and being sponsored by someone and uh, I think primarily that's accountability uh, so anyway one morning I uh, actually had to pick up my brother from the airport I think was coming into town and he uh, his flight was coming in but I was the newcomer person so I was at least able it was during those excited days of OA where I just couldn't wait to get to a meeting and um, so I was at least able to go to the newcomer meeting and listen to the speaker share and uh, the speaker just happened to be Mr. Uh, Dave Burge over there who um, I did not know and uh, so he um, uh, led the meeting and there was something about the way he shared that just hit me you know I just sat there in the meeting and something like all I can refer to it is, is basically as calling to me. And uh, so I, you know, I think, I don't remember if I called him or how it worked out that I had asked him to be my sponsor. And he said, sure. So, you know, weeks went by and, you know, I was kind of like, okay, well, what do I do with this? And uh, he told me he went to the men's meeting down south here and I went every every once in a while. And, you know, I would go to these meetings and, you know, he wouldn't like run up to me and ask, how he could fix me. It was kind of really weird. And, you know, and I'd say, you know, hi, or this is going on. And he'd say, oh, that's great. That's good for you, you know. And, you know, I didn't really call him, talk to him here and there, but it was just kind of like, okay, whatever. So I went on this retreat with actually someone that I was sponsoring, um, in, um, I believe that was in the year 2000. And, uh, we show up at the retreat and one of the retreat leaders is, uh, Dave. And, you know, you're, you're probably not making good use of your sponsor if you don't know that he's leading a retreat that you're going to. That's, that's, my, one, that's my one probably adamant point. If, there's, if you show up at a retreat and your sponsor's leading it, and you didn't know about it, you got some work to do. Um, and I, I had the work to do. You know, I had asked Dave to sponsor me. It wasn't his responsibility to call me. It was my responsibility uh, to call, call him, to be accountable to him, to work with him in terms of working with my recovery. Um, so it was a great, great experience from from there on out. I think uh, he ended up um, driving back from the retreat with me. Um, we spent a great, great afternoon together there. I uh, started calling him, started emailing him more, and lo and behold, our relationship, you know, blossomed and developed from there. Amazing what phone calls and emails and regular contact will do. Uh, so that's just a little bit of of our history. Um, let's see. Uh, so why why sponsor? A lot of you look like you're already sponsoring. Um, why sponsor? Why continue to do it? Uh, I think the, 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 one thing that I'm, I'm pretty, uh, I pretty strongly believe in is, and I think Dave might have some other things to say about this, is that, you know, don't wait. There's, there's so many people that I see, uh, and I'm encouraged that so many of you are already sponsoring, but there's so many people that I know and see from program that are in program, you know, two years, three years, four years, you know, they're abstinent for a year and a half. And, you know, they haven't gotten, like, there yet. You know, what's there? You know, come in. If you, you know, if you're working your steps and working the program, uh, have a sponsor of your own that you can work with. You know, get out there and sponsor. I mean, that's what this is about. Uh, the most amazing thing uh, in reading the big book, which it didn't really hit me, I'll be honest, it didn't really hit me when I read the big book. It hit me when I saw uh, the film about Bill W. is where he says, you know, I'm doing absolutely everything I can to help these people, and none of them are staying sober. And his wife looks at him and says, "But you are. You know, wow. Oh, yeah. You know. So do it for you. You know, sponsor for you. Don't don't you know think you have to fix somebody. Don't wait for the perfect sponsee to to show up. You know, basically all you have to do is put your name on that list, check off that sponsor box. Um, you know, put your hand, raise your hand, whatever it works. You know, talk to the newcomers, and and the and the student will appear. And when the student appears, that's that's the great part. That's when your recovery gets to be, um, you know, a, a step above, a, a phenomenal step. I actually take my sponsees through um, a fairly, I won't say regimented, but it's almost like a a textbook version. We meet weekly and go through the steps. And uh, and um, you know, I always tell them, and I'm always amazed, even myself, that. As I go through those with them, I'm getting out more, more, tons more out of it than I did when I first went through it, you know, when it was given for me, when I give it away. And so that, that would come to my, I guess, third point is, uh, as far as why to sponsor, you know, do it when you don't want to. Um, you know, that's, that's always the key thing, you know. When somebody shows up at the meeting and, and I think, man, I really, I really can help that person. Ooh, something, you know, something might not be right there. You know, when, when, when that guy comes up to me after the meeting and goes, yeah, I'm kind of looking for a sponsor, and there's like that feeling in my stomach going, oh, you know, sometimes that's when I need to sponsor. Uh, and it's, it's not a, uh, you know, it's not a, a, a repulsion of the heart, it's a repulsion of, you know, the head or, you know, the disease saying, you know, this one's gonna be hard, you know, you're gonna need to keep your ego in check, whatever, whatever the case may be. But do it when you don't want to. And especially work with your sponsees, you know, at least my experience has been work with your sponsees when you're struggling. You know, uh, man, I've, I've been through a pretty rough year. Uh, what Terrell said yesterday really hit about that seven, eight year period. Wow. I mean, there were times where this past year I, I almost called a sponsee on the night we were supposed to meet, you know, to tell him, I can't meet with you. I don't have anything positive to share. And I would have the willingness to just let him come over and you know, by the time we were done, I was, I was like that. I was on. I needed it. And I think that's what, you know, this goes back to of, you know, the sponsorship is a two-way street. You know, it's the blind leading the blind. And somehow we get there. Um, there's a... Okay, so then... I don't know how much time I've got left. Why not sponsor? Um, there's a couple things here that I would just say to uh, to keep an eye out for. Um, And I would say careful of opposite sex, sponsor, sponsee. It's not beware, it's not don't do it, it's just careful, you know, be careful, be attentive, be mindful of, you know, the the motivations there, the reasoning there behind that. Uh, I've sponsored a few women, uh, had positive experience, and uh, I wouldn't say negative experience, but I'd say learning experience. Um, And most of that comes from just being clear as to what that relationship Is supposed to be about which is everything that has been already shared and will continue to be shared here Uh, the other one is um, no emotional babysitting Uh, this is you know this is something that uh, I think is a a very strong tendency sometimes to fall into Uh, you know it's not it's not a hocus-pocus new-age thing what we focus on expands I mean there's a lot out there in the media today about you know all this positive and affirmation and all that. You know, it says it right in the big book. What we focus on expands. You know, when I focus on the positives, the positives in my life will expand. When I focus on the negative aspects of the meeting or person or whatever, the negatives will expand. And so uh, what happens, and sometimes I've had it happen with me, is you get people that want to focus on the problem. You know, they want to call you and tell you that they're struggling with the food. And I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm saying when that becomes the focus of your relationship between each other, that's what's going to expand. They're going to continue to have problems with the food. When you focus on the recovery, working the steps, you know, um, that type of thing. There's an example we, we did in the big book study one time where we said, uh, um, you know, imagine that uh, imagine that you're, you're sitting here and I know everybody's cell phones are off. but Let's just say hypothetically your cell phone went off and it's a sponsee. And you say, oh, yeah, you know, how are you doing? Where are you at? And they say, well, I really wanted to go to that. Hey, come on over. Where are you at? Well, I'm in the bathroom. Well, okay. Well, we're in salon one or two. Why don't you, just, you know, come on out and, and meet me over? Here. But I'm, but I'm in the bathroom. Well, okay. Well, just go ahead out, walk out. You know, uh, walk down the hall and open up the door, and we're, you know, sitting right here. Yeah, but I'm in the bathroom. Well, you want me to come get you? Do you want me to, you know, I'll, I'll come find you? No, you don't get it. I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> Well, of course, that's insane. Like, but you don't. How many times do we do that when someone says, "You know, I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that," and we just continue to babysit them, continue to hold their hand, versus leading them out of the bathroom, you know, leading them to where the recovery is at. And that's, I think, one of the key things with sponsorship that the process. You know, when I find myself getting calls from sponsees and my stomach starts to tighten up, and I start to go, "Oh God, you know, what am I going to do?" And, you know that's probably because that relationship isn't focused on recovery. You know, when I get calls from sponsees that are working the program, working the steps, it energizes me. You know, I get excited. I get, um, I really, really get into it. Um, and then the last thing in terms of what, uh, sponsoring, and I've only, uh, I've had experience with this at least once, where when it's when it's just not working, you know, and it can be not working on your end, it can be not working on their end, uh, primarily as a sponsor. I look for when it's not working on their end. Uh, there was someone that I sponsored. We worked together. We went through the steps together. You know, it, it, a great person, great individual. And lo and behold, now years later, we're great friends. He has great recovery. Uh, but when we were, we got to a point where it just was not working together. You know, it was just not working for him. And so I I wouldn't, I don't know why i say well, I would never fire anyone, but I, I have not fired anyone. I would hope not to fire anyone. But I think there's a difference between that and being willing to be released, um, being willing to, you know, say, hey, you know, you need to find some, someone else that you can better relate to and work the steps with. Uh, so that's um, so that's as far as when it's not working. Um, and then I guess the last thing that I could say in terms of sponsorship is, uh, is to keep in mind the power of zero. You know, we all... Sometimes I think we get this interpretation that, you know, I'm going to help that person. Well, you know, show of hands, how many believe that we suffer from uh, incurable illness that we're powerless over? Almost everybody. Everybody, I think. Well, of course, you know, but yet, what makes you then think that you're going to be able to, you know, solve the other person's problem? You can't, you know. Zero times any number whether it be two people, whether it be 100 people, is still zero. Everybody combined here, we are still powerless against our disease, against compulsive overeating. It's through connecting to the higher power, which sponsorship helps us do, that, that really you know gets us to that point where we can gain recovery. So um, that's my thing. I, I hope I'm not too, too over time. Thank you.
3: Dave, I'm a compulsive over here, and ditto everything he said. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm I'm privileged to uh, attend a step study with these lovely ladies here, and uh, and uh, thank you very much for what you shared. Uh, my, my history: uh, I came in the program August the 18th, 1976. Good Lord. Uh, and I was 34 years old, so if you do the math on that. So, and uh, 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 at that time they had the food, step, and maintenance sponsors. So you had a, an entryway into sponsorship. You didn't. Somebody like me that didn't believe in God didn't want to. Didn't want to believe in God. I just wanted to get the the O.E. The cookbook that they sold at that time. Some of you are too. You're all too young to remember that. And and, uh, and uh, get sick of O.E. chili. They had stuff. Remember the chili? And uh, and uh, uh, and I got a food sponsor named Helen. And uh, I called Helen up, and I told her what I was going to eat every day, and I ate it. That's what I did. You know, this was the old gray sheet days. You know, and uh, and she would say, uh, "Yeah, wait, wait a minute, just a minute, Stephen, get off of there." She had three boys, and so there, that was our conversation. You know, so. Uh, Best sponsor I ever had. She got, you know, we we had a race to see who could lose weight, and I won, you know. And and, and, and that that was that was what I, you know, sponsorship, honestly, was to me. And I didn't tell anybody I was in OA. If you ask where I went on Wednesday night, I hung out with some people. And then the guys would say, well, what do you do? Oh, we sit around and talk. What do you talk about? All kinds of things. And after a while, when you ask questions somebody, they don't come up with a significant answer. Well, the hell with you, you know, they just quit asking questions after a while. And so the stigma was alive with me. Uh, and then as I progressed, uh, a wonderful lady that's passed uh, named Susan T. took me through the third step. And she said, I can't take you any further because I haven't done my fourth step yet. That's how long ago I, I knew that lady. And uh, I don't know. Uh, and then she had me call another lady, and uh, that was uncomfortable. So then I got a male sponsor, you know. And, and that came about very difficult. Uh, for It was a difficulty for me as a man Because I was a weak male. I didn't know that until I read some books and worked with some other men and got some help. And I got a man from AA and I tested him uh, because I thought he was a smart, smart ass. Pardon me. And uh, so I sent him to the meeting in Escondido to see if he would go all the way to Escondido and lead the meeting. And the lady called me the next day and she said, that guy was great. Thanks for sending him up here. And I said, well, how about that? The guy with Escondido, you know. I thought that was a big... And I'll tell you, that's the way, I, I thought that was, I thought I was just very wonderful to go to, es- the, the breadth and length of my, you know,
4: <laughs> to go
3: all the way to Escondido to lead the meeting, you know, and I think of all the places we go now to lead meetings when we're asked, you know, but that's, I, I don't want to forget that, you know, and, but this guy would, he would meet me, I'd say, i call him in the middle of the night, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dying. I am scared, I'm I I don't, I'm frightened, I'm lonely, you know, and he'd say, Meet me down at so and so's and he would get up, get out of bed and, and bring your legal pad and I'd sit there and write and he'd read what I wrote and he would give me, as the twelve and say, twelve says, direct comment and counsel. <laughs> and it wasn't always what I wanted to hear, but it was always uh prefaced by, you know, God is always with you, David. God loves you. What's that lady holding up? Time to sit down? Five minutes, Five minutes. oh okay. And so uh you know so you know I became a sponsor because everybody else was doing it first and I wanted to be like everybody else uh, you know and I mean I wanted to be with the winners so I was a sponsor I was a food sponsor because I wasn't going to go near the god squad and the steps you know and uh, and then you know I I think the pain and suffering of the of of the disease got me and I started to go to workshops and step studies and uh, you know, uh, defiantly read the book at first and then uh, uh, listen to some speakers and people that had come before me and, uh, uh, you know, and you evolve, you know. Uh, and I, I don't know. Um, uh, the the benefits of... Uh, people have talked a lot about that. Uh, for me, it was, uh, like the book says, it was the end of isolation and loneliness. I don't know how I could stand the program if I wasn't a sponsor. And I think the best sponsoring... Uh, experience for me is when I'm having the worst time and somebody calls me up on the phone. And, 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 and you know, now Steve has a little story about uh, somebody in the bathroom. I was encouraging this woman that called me up to let me take her to a meeting. And she says, I can't leave my house. I'm in the bathroom right now. That's a true story. And, I, and this is before we talked about uh, purging and anorexia and bulimia, you know. And I said, oh, come on, I'm, I'm going to come and get you right now. And she said, no, Dave, you're not coming to get me. You and know, I'm not going to a meeting. I said, but a meeting would be, I mean, you know, I thought I knew, you know, for God's sake. So I've been, it's Dave, you know.
4: <laughs>
3: and she finally said, look, I just ate a whole thing of laxatives. I can't get off the toilet. Don't you understand? And I, I mean, I, oh, I sunk to the floor. I said, I'm terribly sorry. You know, I, you know, and so. Uh, that's that's humorous, but that really happened to me. You know? That's my bathroom story. Uh, but uh, uh, I think the ability uh, that I've learned, uh, if, and if you know me, uh, it's hard for me to keep my mouth shut, is the ability to listen. You know, I realize that's all I really have to do to be a sponsor when, when people call up on the phone is, is you know, listen. And uh, uh, I've had some uh, some uh, three, ooh, three minutes. I've had some wonderful experience at, uh, at uh, being a sponsor. And, uh, and I don't know what it's done for anybody else, but it's helped me a lot. And uh, uh, I've got a lot of humorous stories. And that's what's really neat about it is uh, uh, most of the stuff I do is, 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 try, is try to help people uh, not do what I do. That's beat the crap out of myself with the steps. This is a book, not a hammer, somebody once said, wiser than I and then people want to go back and do a complete four-step inventory because they ate a Twinkie. You know,
4: <laughs> that
3: just doesn't make any sense to me. You know, it's an ongoing process, isn't it? And so you say, well, let's start, let's do some ten-step stuff. Let's write a little bit—not a phone book, but just get a little get in touch with a little bit. I don't like phone books. Do any of you? And you've all had people come to you with a phone book, so I always tell people I teach them how to. I go by the uh, 11th step where it says prayer, meditation, taken separately, are are, are a good reward. What is it? You you know the book. But but when they are naturally interwoven, well, that's a magical thing that that they wrote in there. You know. So I think prayer, meditation, and self-evaluation, which is the inventory, uh, that's when the real stuff gets comes out. When people come over on Saturday and spend the afternoon. And read and pray and, and really and, and actually go out and you know maybe sometime that day and write the list and, and make the phone call. Call Dad. I've had that happen. That's a wonderful experience uh, when when it can uh, it doesn't have to take because uh, I've experienced that with other people. Uh, a woman had a resentment against another gal, and she was taking care of me after an eye operation in her house. And uh, and uh, and you know they were fighting over some guy that was was a heroin addict. <laughs> That's a true story. And I said, well, you know, she got in a fist fight with the gal. You know, she says, well, I want to I want to make amends. You know, I said, well, so we worked. She worked through all the steps. Called the gal up, and they were on tears on the telephone. So I, i just, you know, and it can go to that depth, or just some guy that kicked the windshield out of his car because the barmaid wouldn't go out with him at three o'clock in the morning. Calls me on the phone, and, and I'm depressed, lonely you know no reason to live and the guy I said and I and I hang the phone up and I said that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard you know and laugh about it in the morning uh, I can't end without saying another story about a guy cuz I, cuz I mean they, they were all they they all came at a time when I had said oh god give me give me some relief and this is what god gives me somebody calls up a guy he passed away but he called me up and he said I just had sex with a with a with a woman, Dave. But it's okay because she's an AA. And you know and you know what the big book says, we have to go to any length. That I swear to you, that happened to me. At three o'clock in the morning, I woke up at six to go to work and I said, That oh, I made, I made my day, you know, I mean it's I mean of course it's nuts. But so I said that is the that that really happened, you know, and, and and you know I think that's a God has a funny way of doing things, and i I've got a hundred stories about sponsoring people where I thought the things were so terrible for me, and so somebody calls up and I say, "Well, you know boy, that never happened to me and <laughs> I thought I'd heard everything, you know but uh i get I think I get more out of it uh, than than the people that I sponsor. I'm sure that's true. And I've never fired anybody, and, I, and I've never had to because most people fire themselves, as you know, all you sponsors out there. So I think uh, there's a great deal of uh, I can. I still have to learn about it, but uh, thanks to folks like you and this program, I'm going to keep coming back. Thanks.
4: Yes, you do. Yes, you do.
0: We're now going to have our speakers respond to questions from the Ask It basket for 15 minutes. And I think the basket's still going around, but I have some of the questions here. Thank you all. Have any of you ever worked with someone with a mental or emotional disorder? And do you have any tips?
3: Dave Composible Reader. I don't know why, but I, uh, well, I do know why uh, I, I, uh, sponsored a couple people like that. I, I sponsored a guy that was in a, one of those halfway houses where he couldn't take care of himself. So they took care of him and I, and we got him to go to, uh, we used to meet him in a coffee shop and, uh, he's a wonderful man. And, uh. And uh, we got I got him to go to meetings, and I actually got him to go to retreat. And he actually got himself off of uh, chemical dependency. And uh, last time I heard, he was working in a Kmart in Texas. So, you know, I think the program works for folks like that. But I think it just takes a, a lot of patience. And, uh, you know, like st- somebody said, I, I don't have the answers for him. But, but uh, I mean, when I was having the worst trouble in the program, I was able to say one night in the middle of the night when I was very lonely, Uh, Did you pick up, I have trouble with loneliness? Uh, 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 To say the serenity prayer with him, to help him, and the third step prayer, to help him calm down, and I'll be darned if it didn't help me calm down. So, uh, I never had a problem with that. I mean, I I don't have a, I think it's because I don't have, I never had a big expectation of him. You know, or, you know, there's a friend of mine now uh, that's got problems, you know. But I've been her friend for years, and I take her to meetings. You know, she's a friend of mine. And I respect her, you know. She's a human being. She's one of God's kids. And we have incredible discussions about all kinds of things, uh, uh, disagreements. <laughs> and, they, you know, they, they force me to dig down and deep uh, for what's inside of me, uh, to, for it to reflect back on me.
0: Here's a, a one-two question. How do you learn how to be a sponsor, and how do I know when I'm ready?
1: The question was, how do you learn to be a sponsor, right? Okay. And how do you know when you're ready? Well, you're ready when your sponsor says, usually, you know, it's really time you started sponsoring. And that's sort of your invitation. But there is a perfect format with the workbook that we have and the 12 and 12. There are plenty of structured things that you can do. You can do it with them if you haven't done it. I, I would suggest if you were just starting to sponsor to get the workbook, get the OA 12 and 12, and I wouldn't suggest writing your answers in the book because you're going to keep doing it over and over. Just jot, use them as guidelines as starts, and that's a really good thing. I want to piggyback one thing on what Dave has commented. Um, when you're working with someone who has uh, mental issues, you know, I think it's important to realize that the anonymity of our program is a protection and I would keep it to myself until I was sure that it was a safe thing to do. And I don't know, that's just
0: my opinion. Here are two similar questions. This is for anyone to answer. Do you stick with a chronic relapser as they, as their sponsor, if they stay in contact with you? And when a sponsor is not working the program, do you feel it is better to be firm or kind? How do you support them?
2: Steve, compulsive overeater. Um, the first one, do you stick with a chronic relapser as their sponsor if they stay in contact with you? I would say, I would say yes. And I think this goes back to the, the point um, I had talked about earlier in that, uh, you know, I have actually uh, a few people that are out uh, working this uh, this place, you know, really high prominent people, are people that for five or six years came to program. I mean, my, one of my best friends, one of the most beautiful women in program I know has, uh, you know, ten 20 years of, or 10 15 years of recovery and for the first 5 years in program was chronic relapser. So whenever I'm working with someone who's really just not getting it and I want to just take and grab them, you know, I always think of her and just, you know, what would have happened if someone would have bailed on that person, maybe maybe she never would have become the, the beautiful person she is today. So I would say yes and and with the with the caveat which I think the other one do you feel it's better to be firm or kind. How do you sponsor you that is not working the program? And that's a little bit different and I, maybe kind of um, a little bit connected but different is that, again, going back to what I had said about, you know, what we focus on expands. And so if someone keeps calling and saying, I had a, a fellow early on that, that wanted me as a food sponsor. You know, he had a sponsor but he wanted me as his food sponsor which meant um, every night around 10, 30, 11 o'clock he would call me up and tell me that he just ate ice cream or something like that. And I would say, wow, okay, you know, and I talked to him, you know, weeks go by, months go by, and, you know, hey, this and that, have you tried this? Have you tried going to this meeting? Maybe we could, you know, do this. We should work the steps. And this is when I was still somewhat unstructured in terms of uh, my, my sponsorship. And so I talked to my sponsor about it. And it's like, you know, you sponsor for you. If you want to get calls every night at 1030 from someone that is, you know, eating ice cream, you know, is that helping your recovery? You know, I mean, focus on the solution. And if the sponsee doesn't want to work the steps, the sponsee doesn't want to focus in on the on the solution rather than the problem. More likely than not, and as happened with that individual, just stop calling. You know.
0: Here's a, some questions from a new sponsor and someone who said, I've been afraid to sponsor. What if I give wrong advice? Or what do you do with people who tell you that they'll do email, email food to you, but then do other things? No thanks. I've lost these types of sponsees and wonder if I didn't do enough. So what if I do something wrong and what if I don't do enough? Hi, my name is Joanna, I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I still go back to what I presented earlier: uh, is that you can't work the you can't work the program for somebody else. And um, and I like the question, to, like you did to see it. Um, that if you are doing more reaching out, I mean, it is the role of the sponsee to to reach you. And uh, I I don't think that, you know, I've had people ask me, well, should I be calling that other person the sponsee even though they're not calling or they're not emailing or they're not? And I just think the answer to that is no. You leave the consequences to God, that you do not, you know, call them up and pick them up and, you know, that type of thing. I think that's codependency, frankly. (laughs) So anyway, I, I would say that. I guess that's what I'd like.
2: Um, I wanted to speak directly to the advice part of that. Um, one thing that I really try to do is speak from experience rather than dictate. I mean, actually, I, I really like the Tom Podium and, you know, you need to, you know, you need to break up that relationship. You know, boy, if I start doing that, then that's a problem. You know, when I say, and, and Dave taught through example and this one is just, I'd call him up, you know, looking for the advice, you know. I'm in this and this and this. What do I do? And then he'd go off on one of his stories about when this and this happened, and I'll, you know, and it's kind of like, well, okay, you don't, I mean, I think, you know, giving the quote unquote giving advice part of it, um, and, and the question was from a new sponsor, you know, sponsor, is just speak to your experience, you know, and, and be honest with your sponsees about what your experience is. I don't, you know, I can't sponsor, I can't give advice to, to a sponsee that is getting married or getting divorced, because I haven't been through those experiences. So I'll tell them that, and then I'll speak to, you know, what my maybe related experience would be in a relationship that's similar. So that's just right.
0: Maybe this has been answered, but this question is, so how do you learn to sponsor? I
3: turn, <laughs> Dave Caposbo, over I, I think it's the same way you learn how to roller skate. You fall down a lot. And uh, if you're like I mean, maybe some of your athletes, but you know, I think you just you, you just start and you do it. You just listen, you know. And I think there's some wonderful advice here. And I think that the answer to the last question is, I need to ask myself what my expectations are. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this for me? And if somebody's not doing it very well, uh, I'm not responsible for that. It, it, my expectation is I'm going to sponsor you because I need help with this program. I, I you know, and and. Uh, I, you know, I, if, if if I was going to be a bank teller, which I've no desire to be a bank teller, there would have to be some learning. You know, I would have to learn how to do that. Somebody would, and I think it's a good question. It's, it's, you know, I would urge you to do it anyway. And just just uh, you know, like Steve said, you know, hey, this is what I. This is what's going on with me? What's going on with you? What do you have to? What do you eat today? You know, <laughs> we could start off with that. You know, what's for lunch? <laughs> how, how's your food? You know, or. How's everything going? You know, I mean, just sometimes it's just a simple, it's not a, I don't think it's a, a real rigid thing to, to start out with. You know, as you develop a relationship with somebody or you don't. And, you know, I think 99% of the people that asked me to sponsor over the years, they never, some, most of them never call back. You know, it's not my fault. You know, it's just a scary thing to be sponsored for people. I, I understand that. And uh, uh, go go for it. That's my that's my. If I, if I want to give advice, I'll give that advice. Go for it for yourself. You know.
0: When a sponsee is not working the program, do you feel it is better to be firm or kind? Oh, did I already do that one? Oops, sorry. How do you handle it when sponsees trigger your own pain and wounds, for instance, feeling judged by the sponsee? Someone has has to answer that one. How do you handle it when the sponsee triggers your pains and wounds, for example, when you're feeling judged by your sponsee?
2: All right, we have a winner we got the question uh do you compulsive reader um, yeah i uh i my mom has a personality disorder, and so uh I have you know very um uh radar like <laughs> tendencies um apparently for something like that and I had a, a female who was older than me who I was sponsoring uh at one point and as the relationship developed, uh, that thing was going like crazy. I and mean, it was just like again, that, you know, feeling in the pit of my stomach, uh, when she would call, um, because it was the same type of thing. There was a lot of conflict always. There was always drama. There was always um, you know, this and judgment and stuff like that. And uh and this was really you know, somewhat early on in, in my experience. Um, and I guess my the, the thing was, again, and I saw maybe like a broken record, was just to keep focused on the recovery and, and kind of let God decide, you know, what, what's going to happen. And so uh, I didn't run from it, which I think was part of the learning experience for me. I just kind of, you know, stayed put. I continued to take the calls. I continued to uh, meet with the sponsee regularly to go through the steps. Um, however, it became more and more obvious and she became more and more um uh conflict oriented with me and and what have you um that it just kind of got to the point where again, things just happened naturally that she decided that that wasn't for her you know so we kind of just came to a mutual um a mutual understanding uh, i hope i don't know if that really speaks to it, but that's the thing that um that, that came with me, as far as, especially as far as triggering pain and wounds. is just, you know, this is a learning example for you. And, you know, um, you need to take from it what you can uh, for your recovery. And, and sometimes not running away from stuff like that is the best policy. So.
0: Please comment. A sponsor tells a sponsee he can only spare a few minutes a day. And after that, he charges a specific hourly rate.
4: Oh. Is that right? Yeah, that's a real question.
0: That's a sincere question. I'd find a new one. Uh, I mean, uh, that's ridiculous. I mean, if you guys, if that if that sponsor, that means either they have too many people they're sponsoring, they've got too much in their life that they don't have time for you. I mean, I would that five seconds later, I would say, well, it's been nice knowing you. You know,
4: goodbye. All right.
0: Looking back, how did you overcome the sponsor neuroses, such as? such as being afraid to ask for a sponsor, and Groucho Marx said he didn't want a sponsor who would have me, and your overly high expectations, et cetera.
1: That was a great question with good things, but I sometimes little short answers are the best for me. And um, my favorite definition of perfection to be the perfect sponsor, of whatever, is paralysis. And all I need to do is do my best and not worry about. Let's see, if you have more of that? Overcome the sponsees afraid to ask for one. Also, if you're afraid, phone them. It's a lot easier not face to face.
0: I haven't found a sponsor that has worked for me in three years. Most of the ones I have tried do not want to take regular calls. I don't know what to do now.
4: There she
0: is. Well, I I just want to share a a quick story on my sister uh, who uh, is also in... Um, OA, and she she really struggled getting a, a, a sponsor. I mean, it probably was three years, but she is now being sponsored, you know, on a reliable basis. But it seemed like every, everybody she asked it didn't work for whatever. I mean, there were different reasons. So, uh, and all I could do as her sister was. Encourage her to keep looking, and you know because you again, and I knew I wasn't it wasn't my job <laughs>
4: okay,
0: here's a really easy question. Isn't Dave be great?
4: <laughs> and
0: i'm go- I'm going to add my own aren't they all great <laughs> No, speak to this one instead. When sponsoring relationship isn't working, how do you communicate that, whether you're the sponsor or the sponsee? Say that again. When sponsoring, our sponsoring relationship isn't working, how do you communicate that? Whether you're the sponsor or the sponsee. Okay.
2: Whoever
1: gets here first.
2: Um I think it i I'm, depends on the not working if it's an aspect of the relationship that's not working. I think that it, either way it really comes down to just honesty and uh Dave and I had an experience a couple years back where um where he he would call me you know and and call and talk and what have you and uh and there's obviously nothing wrong with that, but for me, I was going back into my childhood. I'm being checked up on mode. Every time he would call, I would kind of go, oh my god, you know, he's calling, with, you know, and then he'd talk or whatever. And so finally one day I just said, hey, listen, don't, please don't, you know, stop doing what you're doing, but I just got to share this with you. And I got it out and I never had that feeling again. So sometimes I think just honesty. I don't know if maybe somebody else has.
0: That's exactly what I think, and and depending on your personality and the other person's personality is how honest you are, I mean, in the sense of how frank and, you know, that, that there are ways that you can indicate what's not working without, you know, crushing them and they'll never go into, you know, come to OA ever again because you were so mean to them. You don't want to do that. But you also don't want to let this thing fester if it's not working, you do not because that's tricky. One time I got somebody that was a returnee uh who'd been in uh that you know had a long time that would not been in the program but still thought they knew how to work the program, so told me as her sponsor how that was, you know, going to do, and I just had to clarify, no, that's, you know, that that's not going to be the way we're going to have to, you know, set these ground rules and then, you know, go from there. But, um, you know, I think it is person to person, It is, and it's a very, you know, in a sense, a very strong and emotional connection. So, you know, you, you have to be careful, but you do have to be honest. I, that's the real answer. Is a sponsor your peer and authority, or both?
4: <laughs>
3: Dave Capulcivo, reader. In my case, my sponsor sitting over there, so he, I'm a peer. But no, it, I, that never worked for me, and it doesn't. And I, I, people sometimes will say, "Well, what do you want me to do first? You know, and they expect. Me to say, well, well I'll do this and then this and write 50 pages on that. I don't, I don't I don't operate that way. Like I said, because I'm doing this for me and it, and I always say, well, what are you trying to get out of this? I try to get the person to, you know, what do you want to get out of this? Where are you at? I try to you know breaking the ice, trying to find out where they're at, where they're ready to start from. You know, I have a friend that showed me a picture of of, of, of him when he was a little boy, and he says, well, hey, isn't that a great picture? I said, it's the saddest little boy I've ever seen. He took great offense at it. He said, no, I wasn't. Now, today he would tell you, because of his growth, and, and I, I didn't push him, he says, that was really sad, you know, that's, that, was, that, was, that was painful. But I think as he grew and evolved, he became to realize that himself, uh, and, and therefore it, it was helpful to him, you know. And so uh, some of the stuff that, that that people, you know, some of us have had really uncomfortable, painful childhoods and sex problems and things like that, and so uh, some of that stuff uh, unfolds, and sometimes the relationship is very emotional because people are eating because of uh, molestation. Or you, know, you guys sponsor people, you know what I'm talking about. And it's um, and it's unfortunate that we don't have sex meetings and things like that in the program like we used to. Uh, and I don't know how I got off on that tangent, but but the but being an authority on that stuff, that we used to have sex meetings at the retreat and. And we had to, to temper it down, and it got to be war stories because people were so damaged they thought that's what their sexuality was about. And, and it's, it's, there, there's some, uh, you know, it just it just takes a lot of understanding and and uh, and letting somebody unfold that stuff themselves. Uh, you know, and and I've I've even told people uh, that I sponsor, you know, yeah, you know, no, don't stop going to your therapist. No, keep going there. Uh, keep, keep, you know, go, you know, Bill Wilson had to go for, I understand, I'm not a th- historian, had to go for a therapy for his depression for years. So I think there's, there's a, a you know, that quiet uh, contemplation and meditation when you're working with somebody and saying, you know, uh, that's, that's not something I need to address with them right now. Or, or they, you know, we had a lady, and I'll, I'll shut up. Uh, and it's very important to say this though. And she, I remember she wrote on a sign-in sheet please help you know she wrote her signed in and she wrote you know there was comments on that sign in sheet one of those meetings and she wrote on there please help and i remember reading that on there and going to lunch with her and a bunch of people on the program told her to stop taking her lithium the doctor didn't know what he was talking about and she committed suicide that's a true story and so i think you have to be really cautious about how you know i'm like somebody said i'm not a professional and, and so some of those things uh, need to be uh, att- attended to by a professional. But I certainly can support them, tell them I love them, pray with them. And, and if that stuff comes out and they want to write about their childhood, that's wonderful. And they're, they're very rewarding experiences.
0: When a sponsee stops calling, do you call them? And when you request a sponsee to do some writing and they don't do it, what do you do?
1: Well,
4: I think you've
0: probably gotten from what I had to say so far. I do not think you can work somebody else's program. You can be the best sponsor that you know how to be. I definitely, I might call once, maybe, but I, the way it was brought to me as, you know, through the years that I've been in the program. Uh, that that it, that it's the sponsee's job to do the calling, to do the emailing, to do the contact. It's not the sponsor's, and uh, that, that if somebody doesn't do what they do, are supposed to do, um, you know, I would encourage them to do their, make their commitments, to meet their commitments that, you know, that they'd agreed that they would do this. But you can't make, you can't grab a hold of that person's hand, you know, and do their writing for them. So I think you have to be the best, best sponsor you know how to be and then leave the, the consequences, leave the willingness up to the sponsee. Should an overeater sponsor an anorexic or a bulimic?
3: Okay, Dave. Dave, compulsive reader. I have a policy: I only sponsor human beings. No, uh, <laughs> no farm animals or any of that kind of stuff. That's it. You got to draw the line, like Joanne said. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of funny, you know. Uh, uh, I, 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 I sponsored several people that are anorexic and bulimic, and although I don't have that you know, that part of the disease, uh, I have great, uh, uh, I, don't, I can't think of the word, but, uh, it, 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 uh, empathy, that's a good one, uh, with them, uh, because, uh, you know, you, even, at, even at the conference, uh, level there, there, there was a, well, we don't want to, you know, we don't, maybe we don't want to make literature for those folks, you know, but, uh. There, you know, I I, I encourage people uh, that I sponsor that are anorexic and bulimic to sponsor other people. But I love it when we when because uh, we get so many phone calls. I'm coming up from a different angle, in the office, from people saying, "Can you help my son or my daughter, or my wife?" I've had people come down to the office and sit at that conference room table with their a man with his wife saying, "Can you do anything to help her?" And I need to find somebody that she can relate to, you know, so. I sponsor people like that and I I got a list of folks that I can call on to answer those questions that, that, that talk to an anorexic or bulimic. Or people that have had the bypass surgery. I sponsor all those people. I'm in, I'm there's a wonderful lady in the meeting right now, I won't mention her name, and she's trying to organize a very important meeting for people that have had the surgery. They need her help too. They they have a they have they still have the obsession even though that, I'm listening to them and bouncing back. And you you're all nodding your heads because you know uh, there's nothing wrong with having a special focus meeting for them folks because you know uh they sometimes they don't relate to some of us that haven't had the surgery they've made a decision to do that and 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 then they've discovered on their own behalf that you know they they need there's they need help further than that, and we can give them that help that's my opinion.
0: said that you met with sponsors weekly. What do you do with them weekly, and how do you? How long do you meet? Do you have contact with them between meetings?
2: Uh, let's see. How do you meet? Um, let's see. I uh, I did a big book study um, several years ago, which was uh, much more of a a textbook type of a thing that had been translated from AA, I believe, originally. And so it's a it's almost a classroom type of a, a material where you go through and there are certain diagrams that relate to what we go through as compulsive overreaders and the power of our mind, you know, the, the difference between belief and experience. And so uh, that's what we do when we meet is I actually have them come and I share my notebook with them and they kind of take notes. We go through that and then read the big book. Not you know read and then comment, but read with pulling things out. And it's amazing when you when you really go through that big book stuff that uh, stuff that I'd never seen before. I had done that, uh, and stuff that a lot of folks even who have read it haven't haven't seen. So it's a, a real powerful experience of working the steps uh, and consistently you know maintaining that focus on working those steps um, uh, weekly. How long you meet? It's about an hour, uh, a little bit more than an hour. And then um, contact between meetings t- tends to be more on their side. I usually uh, I usually like um, having them call. I suggest that they call me every day for at least the first 30 days or 60 days or what have you. And uh, I never had I never done that before. But then all of a sudden, you know, again through experience, is that you know I get a sponsor and they say, "Will you be my sponsor?" And I say, "Well, sure." And then. You know, a month would go by and then my phone would ring and it'd be, you know, Steve, it's uh, it's Tom and I've got, um, you know, this and I did this and I did this. And I'm like, how do I, you know, what do I, how do I help you? I don't, I, you know, I couldn't, couldn't help that person. So I think by getting to know the person, you know, getting to. You know, I'm always amazed. I'll call Dave and, you know, I'll, I'll share this, you know, earth-shattering, groundbreaking thing that's happening in Steve's life. And Dave will say, well, gosh, yeah, it seems like you, you went through that about a year or so ago. And everything, you know, worked out, you know, all right, you know. It's, oh, yeah, you know, because I got that strange mental blank spot. You know, every every girl that breaks up with me is just, you know, the earth's going to fall down. Every, you know, every deal that doesn't go through at work. Um, things are going to happen. So uh, the contact between meetings is is usually dependent upon them. Again, as was said here, you know, I once in a while may call a sponsee, but I usually wait for them to call me. We're
0: going to make this the last question, but will you all be around to answer questions afterwards? Okay. In AA, we're encouraged to get into working with others right away. Is there a standard length of abstinence recommended before one sponsors?
3: By the way, Harpo's answer to Groucho's remark was, do it anyway.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> People don't know that, that that's what he said, but I read it somewhere. This this answers that question, I think. And I think it's, I, I wanted to read this and I had it written down. Because I think this, is most the, in the most wonderful, meaningful way, uh, covers the qualifications to be a sponsor. And it's from the AA 12 and 12, page 109. One of my favorite writings. Bear with me here. This is not very long. Even the newest newcomer finds undreamed rewards as he tries to help his brother alcoholic. The one is even blinder than he. This is indeed the kind of giving that actually demands nothing. He does not expect his brother sufferer to pay him or to even love him. And then he discovers that by the, by the divine paradox of this kind of giving, he has found his own reward, whether his brother has yet received anything or not. His own character may still be gravely defective, but that but, but he somehow knows that God has enabled him to make a mighty beginning, and he senses that he stands on the edge of new mysteries, joys, and experiences which he had never even dreamed. I think that's beautiful. I, you know, I mean, that's it. Okay. I have... Um...
0: Before we wrap up, I have an announcement. Anyone who isn't going to the dinner can see the speaker at no charge tonight. So if you haven't paid for the dinner, you're not getting the dinner. You can go to the dinner, not get the food, and listen to the speaker. Oh, I don't know. Five, seven, I think it is. So that's at seven. Sorry. I don't know. Sorry. Okay. It's now time to close the meeting. Let's thank our speakers and everyone who cared.
4: And our timer.
0: <laughs> and those who care, please stand and join hands as we close as I put my hand in yours. I put my hand in yours, and together we can do what we could never do alone. No longer is there a sense of hopelessness. No longer must we each depend upon our own unsteady willpower. We are all together now, reaching out our hands for power and strength greater than ours. And as we join hands, we find love and understanding beyond our wildest dreams. First, if you work it,
4: so work it, because you're worth it. <laughs>